Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. Every year I do that polar plunge for my birthday just to remind myself I'm still young. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I want to start out by reading something. I wasn't planning to do this till I was actually on my way to church, and this came up on my, uh, on my phone. And this is a fresh word, hot off the press, of Mike Smith. He's a pastor at Redeeming Love Church down in the cities. And I just thought it was very appropriate, and maybe somebody here needs to hear this today. It says, so many today are living in fear because of COVID-19. And it may seem like you are in a season where hope is delayed. But it's in times like this that rather than reacting with despair, we can respond with the assurance knowing that the promise of the Father's never-ending love is on the way. No matter what you may be experiencing at the moment, get ready. Our Father longs to bless you. He would always rather forgive you and not condemn you. His preference is always to show you compassion and mercy. In him is the fountain of real life. The source of blessing is found in Jesus when you give him the lead in your life. When you open the door of your heart to him, he comes into, he comes in every situation that has set you up to fail and forgives you of every wrong choice you have made. He will guide you into a lifestyle that is set up to fulfill you. The times of darkness that seem to overwhelm you do not have the last word. Whatever the disease, it does not have the last word. The demons of fear and worry that has filled your mind do not have the last word. The pit of depression does not have the last word. Corruption does not have the last word. Conflict does not have the last word. And COVID does not have the last word. What will have the last word? Hope will have the last word. Forgiveness will have the last word. Healing will have the last word. Mercy will have the last word. Peace will have the last word. God's grace will have the last word. His perfect love for you will always have the last word. And it will cast out all fear. And know this, governments and rulers will come and go but he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just thought that was so in time for today. Really, Andrew, this whole service is God's plan and uh, his timing is perfect. Um, 9.30 last night when you asked me that, I had to literally think for 10 seconds and I was like, yes. Even though I didn't want to say yes, I said yes. <laughs> I promised God years ago when I first got my credentials, because I was just a full t- I worked full-time in, in the secular world, and I wasn't in a full-time ministry position. I would just fill in, and I promised him, God, whenever you call me, even if it's at the last moment, I will say yes. So I didn't have to think very long, even yeah. though it might have seemed like it. <laughs> I knew I was going to say yes. Praise the Lord. God is so good. And just the music today, 
Um, and we didn't plan any of this. The music goes so well with what I'm going to bring, a word this morning, and just everything. God has, God has his way. So I want, I want to, can I read you one more thing? Do we have joy in the house today? Now, this may not bring you joy, but this might bring you a laugh, a little gladness. <clears throat> Some of you might have heard this before. I usually read this about once a year. I just love it. Three men were sitting together. And this actually might go with the sermon, too. We can decide later if it goes. Three men were sitting together bragging about how they had <clears throat> been giving their new wives duties. New wife duties. The first man had married a woman from Indiana and bragged that he had told his wife she was going to do all the dishes and house cleaning that needed done at their house. He said that it took a couple of days, but on the third day he came home to a clean house and the dishes were all washed and put away. The second man had married a woman from Utah. He bragged that he had given his wife orders. By the way, guys, this is what you don't do. <laughs> He bragged that he had given his wife orders that she was to do all the cleaning dishes, the cooking, and he told them that the first... Oh, wait, sorry, let me back up. She was to do all the cleaning dishes and cooking. He told them that the first day he didn't see any results, but the next day was better. And by the third day, his house was clean, the dishes were done, and he had a huge dinner on the table. The third man had married a Wisconsin girl. Come on, girls. He said that he had told her duties, her duties were to keep the house clean, dishes washed, lawn mowed, laundry washed, and hot meals on the table every meal. He said the first day he didn't see anything. The second day he didn't see anything. But by the third day, most of the swelling had gone down. <laughs> and, he, and he could see a little bit out of his left eye. Just enough to fix himself a bit to eat, load the dishwasher, and telephone a landscaper. <laughs> Gotta love those Wisconsin girls. Yeah. I, just, I just thought that was funny. A little joy. Thank you, Lord. God is so good. So today, um, you know what? I don't have my watch on. Do I have the time? I do right here. Perfect. 10.59. We're going to get out of here on time. Today, though, I want to read the Christmas story to you. Um, like I said, hadn't planned to do this till late last night. And I was just going to share my testimony with you this morning, but the Lord really led me to this. So if you want to turn to Luke 2, it's also on the screen. And I'm going to read this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. It was a big deal. 
Joseph also had to went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as had been told to them. And when the angels, oh, are we there? Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you that you have our lives under control, even when they don't maybe seem like they are. Lord, you are on your throne, and you're still seated there, God. And I just thank you for your presence in this place today. God, you are here. Your spirit is here. And we thank you for that, God. Speak to our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Christmas story. Everybody ready for Christmas? So in verse 10, it said, I will bring you, I bring you good news of great joy. I'm, I'm glad it didn't go something like this. This would be me if this happened to me and somebody appeared and an angel and I mean that was a powerful time for those shepherds but I would be probably more like well I've got some good news and some bad news <laughs> which do you want first but aren't you glad that there was no bad news it was all good news friends all good news and I'm so glad not because it was great joy, but because it was great, 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 great joy. There was great joy that day. And that truth rings true today. That truth never changes. The Bible says that 
the word of God remains today, yesterday, today, and forevermore. That truth that brought the great joy to the shepherds remains here this morning with us. We could just spend all morning on that point. But we're going to keep going. So I had to ask myself the question, what should great joy look like in my life? If I have this great joy announced to me, what does that look like in my life? Think of the times you've been joyful. And think of the times you've been grateful, great, greatly joyful. What does that look like in our lives? I'm just going to be posing a lot of questions today, something to think about. Probably it was without doubt the greatest message spoken to any person or group in the history of the world. A Savior has been born to you. A Savior has been born to you. How many need a Savior? How many have had a need of a Savior in your life at some point? That brings great... People have been waiting for thousands of years for this message. And it came to these shepherds out in the fields. Great news, great joy. So another question I have is, what were the shepherds discussing just prior to their heavenly interruption? What were, the, what, were they, what were they talking about? I mean, they've been working hard all day doing shepherd things. Any shepherds here today? We have one shepherd. At least one shepherd. Sweet. Might have to call on you. So yeah, they were doing shepherd things. They'd worked all day long, busy, I'm sure, you know, dirty. It says they lived there. They lived out in the fields. It says there was uh, a group of them. I don't know if there was two or three shepherds or five or ten. It doesn't really give us an indication of how many shepherds there were. But obviously there was a group of them. Maybe they were sitting around the campfire. It was evening said they were looking after the flock. Maybe they were trying to keep warm. Doing shepherd stuff. Maybe they had just finished counting their sheep and then discovered that one was missing and all that that would entail the next day as they went out to find the one sheep that had gone astray. Maybe that's what they were talking about. Maybe one of them was commenting on the bad shepherd's pie he had for supper. I don't know, but I can, I can picture it. How many can picture it? These shepherds out in the fields, I can picture it, but I don't know exactly what it looked like. Quite possibly they were discussing the news, the new census that we just read about that Augustus had ordered and all that that would entail because it was a big deal when they took a census. You had to go back to your hometown where you're born and register there. I mean, maybe these guys were local. Maybe they had come from a ways. What were they doing? What were they going to have to do for the census? They were going to have to get sub-shepherds to take over for a while. Maybe some young shepherds. They were going to have to travel. 
make their way to their hometown. They were going to have expenses to pay for. I'm sure they were worrying about their flocks when they'd be gone. What's going to happen to our sheep? But anyway, it was a great interruption of their rural existence and their routine. It was a huge interruption for them. Friends, we need to be careful in our brief stay here on earth not to get too caught up in needless worry. Not to get too caught up in senseless speculations. Is there a lot of that going on now or what, right? It's all you see and hear is worry and speculations. We have to be careful to not get caught up in the world system and politics. Ooh, I said the word. <laughs> politics. And that's all I'm going to say on politics, except that we have to be careful not to get caught up in it. Yes, some actually are called into politics, into that life of service, but we can't get caught up in it. We can't get caught up in COVID. And my, point to, my point today is that if we're not careful, we can, we can miss God's fresh word for us. And God's fresh word for us this morning is the same fresh word the shepherds heard back 2,000 plus years ago when, they brought, when the angel brought good news and great joy. There's a fresh word. We always want a fresh word from God, don't we? Let the prophet bring me a fresh word. There's an old word that's fresh that should never get old in our lives. Never get old. Never the busyness of life get in the way of that message. We need ears to hear. We need eyes to see. And we need hearts that are receptive to God's word for us today. How many would say this morning that God is moving and speaking today? Everybody? Maybe? That God is moving and speaking today. Great joy. How long has it been since you felt great joy? Because it is an actual feeling. It's more than a feeling, but feeling is part of that. How long since you've had great joy in your life? Something to think about. Just yesterday, talking about God's plan, I was out for a run, um, actually about this time, 24 hours ago. I was out running, it was cold, but I was having a great time. Had uh, some worship music on in my ears. That second song we did today, um, Waymaker. I played it like four times. I just kept hitting repeat. Had a great run. But right in the middle of my run, I felt God speak to me, not knowing I would be speaking this morning. And I felt him, and I, I felt him say to my heart, ask my people if they really think I'm there. And I had no clue I'd be speaking this morning. So I'm like, well, why, God, would you be saying that to me? Little did I know. Ask my people if they trust that I'm there. 
So I'm just going to go through a few, a few uh, we're going to get back to the shepherds in a little bit, but I'm going to go through a few things, a few um, points, responses of people hearing from God, some lessons that we can maybe learn, except for the very first one, all of these ways are going to be pretty much ways to not respond to God, ways that we don't want to respond to God. Are you ready? Number one, to be startled and afraid. It said this, the shepherds were terrified. They were startled and afraid. That was in verse 9. I'm just going to read you a couple other spots this morning. Book of Revelation. And this was uh, John on the island of, of Patmos where he was exiled, basically in prison on this island. And John said in, ver in uh, chapter 1, verse 12, and it's, it's, uh, it's not going to be on the screen, but I'll just read it. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned and saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash across his chest. His head and hair were like wool, white wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like the bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. And in his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. And when I saw him, John, I fell at his feet as though dead. He had a little bit of a response, didn't he? And then he placed his right hand on me and he said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I'm alive forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to quickly look in the book of Matthew. Different responses to God speaking. How many would have liked to have been John? We always think that when we get to heaven, when we get there someday, we're going to run up to Jesus and just throw our arms around him and and kiss him and, and just snuggle up with Jesus. Well, I don't know. Maybe that'll happen. That would be pretty sweet. But I have a feeling probably more of the scene will be all of us running up to him and hitting our faces. And then after about 6,000 years, maybe we'll go one finger, one finger. And then 2,000 years later, maybe we'll get our arm up in the air. And then... And then and then 9,000 years later, we can maybe get up to our knees because Jesus is that glorious. I mean, maybe the hug will happen. I don't know. It doesn't say. But he is magnificent. In every instance I read in this word, people usually hit the ground and hit their faces. Amen. The book of Matthew, I'll read that to you. That's, we had to throw this together last minute, so it's not going to be on the screen. 
you're going to have to trust me. <laughs> Chapter 17. <clears throat> this was when, uh, when uh, Peter and James and John were taken up to the mountain. How many remember that story? I'll just read it quick. After six days, Jesus took him with him, Peter and James and John, the brother James, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before him. Again, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, and they were talking with Jesus. Those guys must have thought they were on drugs. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, we'll put up three tents for, it, for you. Peter. Well, and while he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them and a voice from heaven that said, this is my son whom I love and with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell face down on the ground terrified. But Jesus again came and touched them and said, get up, don't be afraid. So again, we see a response to God speaking was, was fright and, and fear. Not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not going to turn there, but in, uh, in Exodus 20:20, Moses had been speaking with God and going up the mountain and coming down and the people knew what was going on. And the people were like, Moses, you speak to us. We don't want God to speak to us because they were so afraid of what they were going to hear. So they had Moses, you speak to us. Actually, a better response would have been, I want to hear from God. It could have been like Moses. Proverbs 1.17 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. So really the lesson I want us to see here this morning is that it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be afraid when God speaks. But we don't want to stay there. Amen? We have to get up off of the ground. Some of us have to be willing to hit the ground first. But after we hit the ground, we have to be willing to stand back up on our feet. Lesson number two. Some people become religious and they get offended when they, hear the, when they hear God's word. And for that, we're going to go back to the book of Luke. I'm going to go quickly here. We're already running out of time. Luke 4. And I'm going to read in, starting in 16. Now, Jesus was uh, talking here, and he's, they went up to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. He went to church, as was his custom. And he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, they, they knew that scripture. They heard that scripture all the time. That wasn't something brand new to them. And then he rolled it up and gave it to the attendant. And it says that the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. They were like, what's he going to say next? And he said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And I'm just going to jump down to verse 28. It says, all the people in the synagogue were furious and when they heard this. And they got up and they drove him out of town and they took him to the brow of a hill and they were going to throw him off of a hill. They were furious because he dared to say that he was the anointed one. Some people get offended. Is there any instances in your own life where you can remember getting offended at the word? I'll, I'll be transparent and share one with you. When I first came to the Lord 38 years ago or something like that, I came out of a life of uh, alcoholism and drugs and just rebellion for many years. I mean, I was just in my young 20s, but I had already got to the place where I said, is this all there is? But I'd come out of that, and all my teen years and and young 20s, I never grew emotionally. How many know when we start doing things, uh, we use imposters and, and different things in our life. We don't grow like we should. And I, I was married. I was, I was born again. We were going to a church over in Minnesota. And I'll never forget this. My wife, after church, she came up to me and she said, Joe, do you realize that when you're talking to people, you're not looking in their eyes? And I was like, What? What do you mean I don't look in their eyes? And my first thought was to get offended. Like, how dare my wife tell me I'm not looking in somebody's eyes? I didn't even realize I wasn't doing it. My eyes were cast down. And I, w I had no self-assurance. And I, it's just the way I dealt with people. I was, she, she said we were in a conversation. And I wasn't looking the person in the eyes. But instead of getting offended, I knew that that was a word from the Lord. That he was speaking to me. I knew enough to know that. So I took it to heart, and I changed. It took time, but I changed. But there's so many times we can take offense to a word that's spoken in here, or maybe a word that's spoken by a person in church, or a brother, or a sister. I would, I would love if God only spoke on the mountain, or on that, like on the island of Patmos when it's powerful. I mean, but let's admit it, that usually doesn't happen. It hasn't happened to me yet, not in that way. He usually speaks to us through this. You want to hear God's voice? Read this. Or through people, through Christians, through pastors, or just a friend. How do we respond to that? Do we get offended? I encourage us not to. There's so many lessons we could learn I just, I'm not even going to read these, but uh, the Apostle Stephen, the whole, a whole chapter in the Bible, he's basically preaching to the Sanhedrin. He just lays out their life and their history. It's all accurate. It's right out of the Old Testament. And it said his face was shining like the sun. This was Stephen when he was still a man. And they picked up stones to stone him. 
there were some folks there who did not receive that word very well. Isn't that right? Another lesson is that some will be afraid with conviction. Sometimes we get convicted, not condemned. There's a difference. We have no condemnation if you're in Christ Jesus. But there is conviction. How many would say amen to that? Do you ever get convicted of something? That's actually a good thing. We tend to run away from some of these things that we think are bad, but that's a good thing to get convicted. You can read about it yourself. Uh, Felix and Drusilla, he was a ruler, and he got convicted was when Paul was in jail, and he'd, he'd bring Paul up and visit him, and, and Paul convicted him of the word of God, and he got jealous. Another thing is that some people... Um, Or another thing is, don't go with the crowd. Don't go with the crowd. I'm skipping a few here. Let's stay in Luke just for a minute. In 17, I love this. I love this. Luke 17, verse 11. Now this is Jesus again. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, the 10 men who had leprosy met him. Can you picture this? They stood at a distance like they should, and they called out in a loud voice. Say they had social distancing, Andrew. <laughs> Lepers were doing social distancing. Actually, it was a big deal. And they called out in a loud voice to Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, notice they had to do something. As they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, where are the nine, the other nine? Where, where's the rest of them that got cleansed? One guy, a Samaritan, praise the Lord. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. I just find that so amazing. You ever been in a church service where the Spirit of God is just moving like a flood and you're just overcome with the presence of the Lord? I won't suggest you do this, but sometime maybe you want to do it. Turn around and see if anybody else is affected like you are. You might have somebody that doesn't feel a thing. One person's touched. person's sitting next to them, and I'm like, I don't feel anything. How many of us miss it? I don't want to be one of the nine. Every one of us, if we're a born-again believer, can be the one that brings back thanksgiving and praise to the Lord. We need to be the one. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I remember the outpouring down in Florida at Pensacola. I'll spend about five seconds on it. People that would not embrace what God was doing because of maybe some weird manifestations of the Spirit. Sad. Sad. God changed my life there. 
I'm glad I didn't get hung up on something different that I wasn't used to. That's all I'll say. There are many different responses we can have to God when he speaks to us. We can be so deluged by the worldly cares and worries that we don't even hear him. But when he does get through, how will we respond to him? Will we be paralyzed with fear? Will we be offended? Will we be sad? I didn't read about the sad, rich ruler who Jesus said, go and sell everything you had. Because the guy, he goes, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, and I've done this. He did everything right. And, God, and Jesus said to him, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And the guy went away sad. What a sad state. Will we be sad? Will we, will we shake with conviction? Will we be furious? Will we be obedient and trusting and accepting and receiving? I'm closing. I just want to sum up again back where the shepherds were. You guys want to come up. Three actions from the shepherd's life that we can take a cue from this morning. In, like, in Luke chapter 2, verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem to see him. And they spread the word. What they do, the very first thing they did is they got up and said, let's go. It spurred them to action. Friends, we need to go. We need to go today. Verse 17. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. They spread the word. The very first New Testament evangelists were the shepherds. Seriously. Christ hadn't even gone to the cross yet. The very first evangelists. We can't be quiet. We have to spread this good news. And verse 20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Friends, they became worshipers. Those shepherds who lived in the fields became worshipers. The Bible doesn't talk about these guys after this story. We don't hear anything more about these shepherds in particular. But I'll bet you their lives were not the same. I'll bet you they were transformed for the rest of their lives. They were different. They were singing a new song around the campfire that next night. Amen? They were singing a new song. Love the shepherds. The shepherds stopped their chit-chat long enough to hear a fresh word from heaven. It changed their lives forever, and it changed the world forever. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad how the shepherds reacted? What can we learn from the lowly shepherds? Are you hearing God for yourself today? Or is there too much stuff between you and him? Are there too many cares and worries between you and God? And if you're young and you don't have any cares or worries, just hang on a while. 
they, they tend to catch up with you, don't they, adults? Cares and worries try to come in. Can you hear him? I'm going to pray. Lord, unstop our ears. Unstop our ears and help us to listen today. The story from so far long ago, Lord, help us to hear it fresh today, that it's spoken just like it was to us. Can we respond correctly today, Lord? Right here, right now, we determine to shake off all the unneeded stuff in our lives. Words of man, worldliness. We shake off anger. We shake off bitterness. We shake off sadness and depression. And we shake off all of the religion. We shake off all the preconceived notions of God. Lord, we strip ourselves bare to you to hear from heaven this Christmas season. We strip ourselves bare that we might hear a fresh word. Hallelujah. How many need to hear from God? How many need a fresh word from God? Maybe you're here today and you're going, what is that guy talking about? I just want to make just a quick opportunity. Nobody's getting up. Nobody's coming up here. Just If every, every head would bow and every eye closed just for a minute, I just want to give an opportunity. He's here. He's here right now. He's here right now. The Bible says he's closer than a brother. The book of Romans, it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you call on his name, you will be saved. It also says in the book of Romans in chapter 1, Paul said that I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes. You want to know what the gospel is? That's the gospel. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart, we will be saved. If there's somebody here today and God's been speaking to you, and you just want to slip up your hand and say, I, I, I want to believe Jesus. I want to confess him this morning. Just right where you're sitting. Nobody else is looking. You can just slip up your hand. We'll just wait just one second here. You want to give your heart to the Lord. You want to change your life with his help. You want to become his servant. How about somebody here that needs more joy? 
How many, how about somebody who needs great joy? Yes, 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 yes. Is there anybody else here this morning that you would say, I need some of that joy in my life? Yes, yes, yes. You can put your hand down. I want to encourage you, if you raise your hand, read the Christmas story again later today when you get home and receive him into your heart again and remember what it was like before he came in and he'll flood your soul with great joy. He will touch you to your depth. Remember, we live in a world that desperately needs to hear these words again. I bring you good news of great joy. 2,000 years ago in the city of David, a Savior was born. And he was born to you. And his name is Jesus. Somebody needed to hear that. His name is Jesus. Andrew, why don't you take us out with that song? dismissed from this place right now, but remember, we are never dismissed from God's presence in our life. We might leave these doors, but God goes with us. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a fabulous day. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website www.adventurechurchsiren.com slash give. Thank you for your generous donation.